welcome you uh, to worship today. My name is Brian White. I am so glad you're here. Uh, we're starting a new series for Lent on the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, traditionally, Lent is a season of preparation. Like uh, Jeremy said, um, I am not going to be quality control on his Lenten preparation. But traditionally, it's a time of spiritual focus. And, and a lot of people, like he said, they'll give up something for Lent and uh, as an act of self-denial and really in response to Jesus' um, act of selflessness on the cross. And that can be very powerful. And, uh, you know, at the very least, I think adding a spiritual discipline during this season is, is very important. Um, and so, like he said, as a church, we'll be studying the Lord's Prayer uh, Sunday mornings, but also... Uh, Wednesday nights, and I really do want to invite you to join us for dinner. I, I think, I'm like 99% sure, because they asked me my opinion, that we'll have taco bar. It'll be really fun. And then also, uh, we do have um, child care, and then we'll have children's programming as well. Uh, so it just, it should be a wonderful uh, evening, uh, fellowship, and then uh, study as we prepare for Easter. Uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer was one of the first things I think I memorized as a kid. And my mom taught me. Uh, Mom's, I'm sure, watching. Hi, Mom. And, you know, I love to hear stories about how the Lord's Prayer has impacted people. And, and I wrote uh, last week in, in the, the newsletter, like April said, um, you know, I remember early on in my ministry, I started hearing stories about how the Lord's Prayer impacted people. And uh, one woman, she was kind of like an adopted grandmother for me, shared a time that she was in the hospital. And uh, she, was, she described herself as a non-practicing practicing Christian at the time, and she was raised in church as a little girl, but um, she said in that long night in the hospital one evening, and she didn't know what was going to happen to her, and she was so scared, and she wanted to pray. She didn't know how, but she remembered from Sunday school the Lord's Prayer. She said she said the Lord's Prayer over and over, all night long, all night long, and she said uh, it had been years, but she remembered every word, and, and she said that Prayer was such a gift from God from her that night. And that long night was a tremendous turning point in her faith development. And I remember another story that um, a World War II vet in my first church, I, I just love this man. We spent a lot of time together in a lot of, a lot of different contexts. But um, I remember when Saving Private Ryan came out, and uh, he... His wife wanted to go to the movie, and, and he couldn't. Uh, he said he just couldn't. And, and so he invited me to come over while she was at the movies. And, and I knew that he had driven landing craft back and forth at Normandy on D-Day. But he didn't really talk about it and, until that day. And, and he didn't tell me a lot, but he told me as he went back and forth from the ships to the beach and, and dropping young men off for, over and over and over and, frankly, seeing them die, he said the only thing that got him through that day, but also all of the days to come, as he relived that in his mind, was just reciting this prayer over and over and over again. And I, I just think this prayer has meant so much to so many for so long. The version that we know, uh, most of us that we memorized probably from Sunday school if we did, uh, comes from a, something called the Didache, and, and it was an early church manual, a very, very, very early 
uh, on, and it, it goes, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, got to take a sidebar here because I know about half of us aren't going to be able to get through this message unless we address something right now. Is it trespasses? Is it debtors? Which version's right? Which version's wrong? And I want to start out, neither is wrong. The Greek word, it's obsoletes, and, and it, 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 it kind of, it's like an offender. It's someone who committed an act that creates a moral debt. And we're going to go line by line in this prayer in the weeks to come. We'll spend some more time in a couple weeks on this. But the, the way you learn the prayer has more to do with the tradition that you came from. So if your background comes from the British Isles, Anglican, uh, Methodist, you know, you learned it as trespasses and trespassors. If, if your tradition comes from the continent, like the Lutherans, Calvinist tradition, you learn debts and debtors. And, and you know... Unless we want to learn Greek, both are fine. And, and so, you know, the Lord's Prayer in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is in the Gospel of Matthew. It's also in Luke's uh, Gospel. And, and we're going to stick with Matthew's as we study in the weeks to come. And, and as we get to uh, chapter 6 of Matthew, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. The first thing Jesus does is he tells us how not to pray before he gets to the prayer. Uh, Jesus says, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they might be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who is in secret will reward you. And when you're praying, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. So the first thing he says is how not to pray. And then he tells us how to pray. Pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. And then he goes into some commentary, and we'll talk about this as we come up. For if you forgive the others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So if we really want to understand Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer, we need to deal with those first four verses on how not to pray. And the first thing he's saying here is, if prayer is addressed to anyone other than God, it's not prayer. I've told this story before, but I was in a church early on in my ministry, and they had a time in the worship, and it was a beautiful thing. In the middle of the worship, you know, I would open up the prayer, and then we would just let people say prayers, prayer concerns out loud, and it was really positive, but I really kid you not. One time, this woman, in the midst of the prayer time, 
lifted up her about her fully loaded RV uh, with very low miles, brand new tires that needed to sell this week. And if anybody was interested, the number was 360-883-4576. And that's, that's the short version. <laughs> if you're praying to anybody other than God, it's not prayer. Now, I don't know how many times... I have heard, you know, people turn a prayer into a counseling session. And, and you know, in a small group, in a Bible study, maybe in a prayer gathering, uh, you know, someone shares what's going on in their life and they ask for prayer. And very well-meaning people, friends, in the midst of their prayer, they'll start giving advice to the person. You know, Lord, we know how much you love Lucy, and we know if she would just tell Charlie that he needed to get a new job, you know, everything would be okay. <laughs> and we've all been there, right? In the prayer, they, they not only tell the person they're praying for what to do, but really they're telling God, you know, how he can fix the situation as well. Jesus says, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so they might be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. And whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. Your father who sees in secret will re reward you. And when you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Jesus is saying, pray to God. Pray alone to God. There are two big issues going on in Jesus' instructions here. The first has to do with Jewish prayer. And in Jesus' day, uh, you know, you, Jews were supposed to three, three times a day, they were just supposed to stop at prayer time and pray. Didn't matter what you were doing, you know, when it's prayer time, you just stop right then and there, you pray regardless where you are. And the problem was, some people seem to, to always be in very, very public places when that prayer time came. And if you read between the lines, they, they planned out their day, right? So they would have an audience that would hear them pray. And rather than praying to God, Jesus is saying, really, their prayers were tools meant to show everybody around them how, how holy they were. And they made the most of those times. The second issue is regarding Gentile prayer. And, and there are, the, the Greek word, I love the Greek word behind um, heaping up empty phrases. It's batalego. And it just sounds like it, you know, it, it's mindless babbling is what it really means. Mindless babbling. Everybody say that, batalego. I mean, that's just fun, right? Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Um, if you've read, if you've read the, you know, something like the Iliad or the Odyssey, uh, you know the Gentile gods back you know, in, in their world, they're pretty much in the constant state of a soap opera, right? And the goal in prayer for the Gentiles who prayed to these gods was basically, you got to schmooze these gods so you can get them to do what you want them to do. But first you have to get their audience, and so that, that alone took a lot of words, and, and then you had to win them to your side, and you, then you would manipulate them. They were like the, a genie in the bottle, and they would grant your wish. Jesus is saying, no, both of those are wrong. First of all, pray to God, not to people. Prayer is not a tool 
to impress others about how much spiritual prowess you have. And then the second, like I say, prayer is not about manipulating God. Not about getting God to do your bidding. If your prayer sounds like an attorney's closing argument, you know, you're not praying right. Both of those teachings, what I want you to hear, it's about intent. Jesus is saying the key to prayer, it's intent. It's not what you say. It's not, you know, are you doing this to impress somebody? Are you doing this to manipulate God to do your bidding? Intent matters. There is so much more I'd like to talk about that, but I do want to kind of look at the big picture of the Lord's Prayer today. And as I said, we're going to walk through it very slowly in the weeks to come. But the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's a template. It guides and teaches us how to pray. And we're going to go over, like I said, line by line by line by line. But, but on the big picture, I want us to, as a community, say the Lord's Prayer every week through Lent as we prepare for Easter. And, and we're going to swap debts and debtors and trespasses and trespassers so nobody feels like they're getting a short stick. <laughs> and I'm going to try, but yeah, if you hear trespasses, you know. But I, I, I want us to change one thing I'm going to post. Just one thing. I'm not going to change a word, but it's going to be in our phrasing. And, and I, 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 it's going to feel different. But I want us to think about the difference this pause will make. And we're going to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. But just start thinking about it now. Would you join me in the Lord's Prayer? We're going to have it up here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us, in heaven, <laughs> give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What is the difference between lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Are we pleading to God to stop leading us into temptation? And instead of tempting us and imploring him to deliver us from evil, I mean, it, that, that sounds like the Jewish words to the Gentiles, frankly. Instead of asking God to lead us away from where we would go if we were left on our own is the point. Because on my own, I'm going to go right down the path of temptation. But by moving that pause, we're, we're asking God to lead me from where I would go and deliver me from the evil that I know I'm going to end up if I'm in charge is the point. And it's a nuance. And, and we're going to come back. But it's the heart of what Jesus is teaching us about prayer, and remember, in the, in the Greek Testament, there's, there's no punctuation or anything like that. That was stuck in later. I was writing a book uh, by N.T. Wright this last week, and it was on the Lord's Prayer. And he said something that really, really impacted me. He does that often. 
He said, most people approach the Lord's Prayer backwards. And the way they emphasize the prayer would be like, oh God, please forgive me my sins and take me to heaven forever. And by the way, help me stop sinning now, please. And God, thank you for showing me how to live and please help me do that. And God, please give me enough food uh, so at least I can feed my family. And God, please bring justice to your world, which it needs so badly. And God, please heal Annie and Ben and Caroline and David and Eleanor and Frank and so on right through the alphabet. And then we stop. And the point is, every one of those topics are good. And every one of those topics are in the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer isn't just about topics. It's about priorities. And so often, we start praying at the end of Jesus' priorities, and we never even make it to the first couple things. And praying the Lord's Prayer in Jesus' order of priorities, it's actually harder than you think. We generally start with a one-word prayer. Everyone in this room has prayed this prayer. Help! Lead me, not in temptation, but deliver me from evil, God. Yeah, we've all been... This is the famous prayer in school. You know, there is... Prayer in school is alive and well. And we've all done it, you know. We, we had a test coming, and we knew it was coming, and we didn't spend a second studying for it. And then all of a sudden, we're in the class, and we show up, and they put down the paper on your desk, and you flip it over, and you look at the clock, and you, you have no idea. You know, and it's just some multiple guests. I just, you know, go, Lord, please guide my hand on these ABCDs and all of the above. And then one last prayer, you know, I just, I take it up to the teacher's desk and I'm praying, Lord, just change my answers. Get me out of this mess. God's a genie in the bottle. And it's not that asking for God isn't important. And I mean, that's definitely in the prayer too, right? If you ask someone who is praying that help prayer, I'll tell you, that's the gospel they're interested in at that point. And that's okay. And there isn't a one of us who hasn't been in that position. But too often that prayer for help is where we stop in our prayer life. Or maybe we go on, you know, a step from there to thinking, God is, my life is really, really miserable right now. And, and obviously God is doing something that is, is, he's trying to test my faith. And so I pray, God, lead me, not into temptation, but deliver me from this evil. How can you do this to me, God? You know, help me, let's work out a deal. You know, if you get me out of this, I'll, I'll be a priest forever. That's not what the Lord's Prayer is about. The next prayer, backwards, is forgive. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There again, we're going to talk about this in, in a couple weeks, but first of all, we just kind of skip the second half of that. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Because we, we don't want to talk about the part where Jesus links my forgiveness to me forgiving somebody else. Forgive. For a lot of Christians, this is their gospel. We were sinners, and God has dealt with our sins, so we are forgiven, so I don't go to hell for all eternity. And, and that is an incredibly important part of the gospel. Absolutely important. Anyone who leaves out forgiveness of sin in the gospel message does not understand the gospel message. But it's not even in the first half of the prayer. It's a huge, massive part of the gospel. But that is not the whole gospel message right there. Our prayer for forgiveness reflects where we are. I messed up. I want to be rescued. I want to be spared. Forgive me, God. And we will be forgiven. Don't misunderstand me, please. If we go to God in prayer... But if the focus of the entire gospel message, as I understand it, is basically about how it benefits me and only me, the gospel, as I understand it, is focused on me. And that's how I approach the petitions that, that backwards go next. What I'm asking God to do for me. Because when I start asking God for all the other stuff, daily bread, give us this day my daily bread. Again, don't, don't misunderstand. You know, it's not bad. It's in the prayer. We need to go to God and God alone to satisfy our need. It's just when I start thinking about the focus of the gospel being about me, it's not a lot of steps until I'm singing... Janis Joplin's song, Oh Lord, Won't You Give Me a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> if we start the prayer at the beginning rather than at the end, the gospel doesn't get whittled down to just meeting my needs. It's about God meeting our needs. The change of the pronoun makes a massive difference from my to our from me to we. Jesus fed hungry people and he still does. The prayer for daily bread doesn't just mean give me what I want. It may include that, but it's plural. Provide for us. Our. If you start from the end, it's so easy to forget the needs of others when we go to God for bread. We're going to spend time on this in the weeks to come, but this isn't about feeding, just about feeding hungry people. Uh, you know, at Maze, we did 25 weeks. That was crazy on our 25 mobile markets. But I think sometimes we just focus on the physical and, and we, we forget the spiritual. The prayer does not let you get away with that. If we start at the beginning... Every line builds on the previous line. So far, working backwards, we have had a prayer for help. We've had a prayer not to be tested. We've had a prayer for forgiveness. And we've had a prayer for our need. 
They're all important, and they're all in the Lord's Prayer. But they've all focused on me and my need. And a lot of times we stop there with our prayer life, if we're honest. The point is, we're just getting the good stuff, or at least the good news, if we go backwards, because now we get the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a much bigger plan going on than just me. And it has to do with God being king, not just after death, but here and now, kingdom come. If we petition God for help and for forgiveness, for meeting our needs in light of the God's kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, it is so different than God get me out of this. Or God just check this forgiveness box so, you know, I'm forgiven. Even though I have no intention of addressing the behavior that put me in the place where I need to ask for forgiveness. As much as I love Janice, I mean, there, there is no way you can pray, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz when you start from the beginning of the prayer. How many people have said this prayer over and over and over and completely ignored the words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To me, this is the key to everything this side of eternity. So our church consultant and, and our friend, Reggie McNeil, um, he's going to be here in a couple weeks. I'm really excited for him to be here. And he's going to preach on that line. And, and if you haven't heard Reggie, uh, he is an amazing speaker. And the, the big point is he's written books and books and books on the kingdom. I mean, this is his main area that he's known for. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on the phone with him, and we were talking about his trip to come, and we were making plans, and we talked about the message, and we got to, you know, and it always comes up, I bet you're in a series, and you want me to preach a message for your series, and stay in the series, and, you know, Reggie, um, I, I get why, he, he doesn't like doing that, because, you know, he, he, he wants to pick his own topic, and, and I really do understand, and I said, I said, yeah, we're going to be doing the Lord's Prayer prayer. And, and I, I scheduled you for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I got this pause on the phone. And I just said, I can do that. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. And if he screws up, I'll do it the next week. <laughs> Joke. Joke it. Joke it. But really, the whole point of Jesus' ministry was this coming together of earth and heaven, starting with his work. And that joining came at an incredible cost. Because this whole mess on earth, it needed an incredible payment cross, the resurrection, and it's still a mess. So we need to get on our knees and pray and pray this line over and over and over. 
But like I say, so often we just kind of work backwards and we never even get to this point. Or if we do, we reduce God's kingdom to being about getting God to do what I want God to do. And that obviously it makes God an idol or a genie in the bottle that I invoke to get my way. And the whole point of the Lord's Prayer is to change my priorities from self-centeredness to priorities on God, priorities that are God-centered. So when we pray with Jesus' priorities, we start to see everything the other way around. And it's not that we can't go backward. And it's not that we can't move from a prayer for help to a prayer for forgiveness to a prayer to feed us to finally get to a prayer about the kingdom. But wouldn't it be so much better if we started how Jesus taught? And we begin with the kingdom. And then we let God shape the rest of those prayers. Because the good news is, God is establishing his kingdom right now. And he's inviting us to share, not only in the benefits of the kingdom, but also in the work through which it will bring its ultimate completion. That's our call. And that turns our our self-centeredness for help, and our self-centeredness for rescue, and our self-centeredness for forgiveness and bread into a God-centered vision of the kingdom that things would happen in God's way as Jesus becomes the true king of our lives which brings us to the first petition right honor and glory to God our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name has to be God centered the alpha the omega the beginning the end the first the last. You know, praying this prayer with our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength in anticipation of the ultimate act of worship. This is the heart of the good news. This is the heart of the gospel. God's name made holy, honored, glorified in in the great vision of Revelation. All creatures, earth and heaven, worship God. This is where it's headed. Adoration, praise. The opening petition of the Lord's Prayer, that's what this is about. This is the starting point. The good news isn't primarily about me receiving help when I need it, although that's in there. It's not about rescue when I've messed up, although that's in there. It's not even about forgiveness, although we all need it, and it's in there too. Not only do we ask for forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer, if we pray the prayer, we become a people who forgives. Even food for the journey is in this prayer. Even the kingdom come and his will being done on earth, it's secondary to the primary spot, and that's God. The good news is that God is, will, and has been honored in the life, death, and the resurrection of Christ. 
when Jesus was facing this fact that he was going to suffer and die, do you remember? He wondered whether he should say, Father, save me from this moment. Take this cup. But instead, what did he do? He played, Father, glorify your name. That was the priority. And the Father did it. If we pray the Lord's Prayer in Jesus' order, it turns everything around. It turns everything upside down. And that's what the kingdom does. Or more accurately, it turns everything right side up. Because it's upside down now. This prayer isn't just a random, you know, string of requests. Jesus' prayer is the heart of the gospel. It's how Jesus prayed. And if we pray as Jesus does, we start to reflect Jesus more and more. Because we learn more and more about God's plans and God's purposes and how God sees. And I tell you, with the Holy Spirit working in our hearts, maybe we become a little bit of good news for the world around us. As the redeemed and the restored as the body 